Hey there, this is Mike, and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. Have you noticed how easily you can come up with reasons why you can't do or be what you want? I want to move to a different city, but I don't have the money. I want to be a successful online business person. I want to have a successful online business, but I don't know anything about digital marketing. I want to live a life of comfort and ease, but I have to work a job I hate. I want to find love, but I have these flaws, you see. There is no actual restriction keeping you from your desire's fulfillment, except for your belief that it's impossible. When you have a desire to have something or be something you are not now, your mind will throw up all kinds of thoughts about how what you want is only a pipe dream. It's ridiculous. And those thoughts spring from the state of consciousness in which you're dwelling. You feel that Lack is a very real thing in your life, in life in general. So from that feeling of lack, that state, thoughts of lack continue to show up. And since you are so identified with the state of lack, you continue to give life to thought after thought of all the ways your life can continue to be miserable. My life is everything that I am aware of for myself and others. Everything that I hold in consciousness for me and others is what I experience in this world. So from my state of consciousness comes all kinds of thoughts, not all bad, likely only a few compared to the thousands of thoughts I have in a day. But from a state of lack or less than, I tend to hold on to those thoughts that affirm my state. I hold on to them because I believe them, and I believe them because I hold on to them. <laughs> it's a loop of thoughts and feelings that confirm who and what I assume I am. And since I keep choosing those thoughts and feelings again and again, I perpetuate the state I am currently in. There is no reason to fear or fight your thoughts. With the thousands and thousands of thoughts you have a day, You'd be exhausted trying to fight everyone you didn't like. I used to be terrified of my thoughts. I thought that that meant that I'm screwing this up. Oh, I had a negative thought. Oh my gosh, hurry up. Let me go sit back down in the silence and redo my imaginal scene. Let me revise. I was recently talking with a friend who said that he believes me, but he has all these thoughts that come up that tell him that He's wrong that he can't be who he wants to be. And he, he's just so tired of his thoughts and he's fearful of his thoughts. I can't get rid of them, he told me. The thoughts have no power unless I choose to give it to them. When I was a child, I loved when the carnival would come to town. I was too small for the ride, so I would beg my parents to take me to the games. There wasn't much I could do there either. I was too short for the water pistol game and the darts. But there was a little game just my size, a little game of ducks. It was an easy game. 
I was going to win every time I convinced my mom to plop down a couple of dollars to play the game. It was an oblong tub of water that formed a little lazy river for a bunch of rubber ducks. These ducks were many different colors and they did nothing but float along the current created by a little pump at one end of the container. Each duck had a number on the bottom of it which corresponded to a prize. All I had to do was select my duck and show the prize number to the man behind the counter. <laughs> Our thoughts are like those ducks floating along the river of consciousness. Many different colors of thoughts, thoughts of success and failure, of love and heartbreak, of wealth and poverty. I can select any one of those thoughts at any time and examine it. I put my attention on it and believe it. And I start noticing more and more thoughts of similar nature drifting by. And I grab them too, holding a bunch of them in my arms as if it were hand sanitizer and toilet paper. <laughs> Before I know it, all of my thoughts are on failure, lack, disease, and sorrow. Because that's what I believe in. And so my beliefs bring up more thoughts of failure, lack, disease and sorrow for myself and those that I love. Just like those little ducks, I can choose any one I like and I can let any and all others that I do not want to entertain float on by. You are not your thoughts. You are not the mind or state of consciousness having those thoughts. You are the one aware of those thoughts. You aren't your childhood memories or your worries about all the ways your future can go wrong. You are the one aware of those thoughts and those memories. When you have a desire and then quickly counter it with all the reasons why you cannot have it, you limit your limitless self. And when you buy into those thoughts, the walls of the cage of lack slam down around you, keeping you right where you are. And from that state of consciousness, you'll continue finding every reason in the world to reinforce your assumptions. We think that events outside of us go certain ways, and so we just assume that's the way it's always going to go. But it's our assumptions that create those circumstances that seem to be outside of us. We've got the cause and effect reversed. I used to think I had to coerce people to change, manipulate circumstances to get the things I wanted, to have the life I thought I deserved. They have to do something for me to be happy. They need to do something for me to have the peaceful, prosperous life that I want. That belief in outside forces and proving myself worthy of blessings came from an ignorance of who I am. I was ignorant for many years, many lifetimes, always looking for things outside of me to bring me the peace and happiness I sought, to fix the things that were broken inside me. The teacher Muji says, sometimes we are targeting the symptoms in life, but the real cause in life we're missing, the understanding and recognition of our true nature. This is the one medicine for everything. Our true nature is consciousness, or awareness, or God. 
or imagination. There are many different names, many different ways we describe this. The Old Testament says the name of the Lord means self-existent one. Well, when the self-existent one tells Moses his name, he says, I am who I am. I am that which I am. The primary definition in Strong's Concordance of the word translated as I am is to be. Joshua 3.10 says that the living God, the living I am, is among us. And the word translated as among also means inward part, faculty of thought and emotion. This God out there is really within me. It is me, the seed of thought and emotion, that most inward part of me. When I first heard Neville say that my awareness of being is God, I thought, what? (laughs) In the past, anytime I came across someone using the term awareness, I went the other direction. I thought this awareness (laughs) was difficult to reach. I mean, as far as I knew, what I could tell, you had to meditate daily and spend hours and hours doing it and end up giving up everything in your life to find it, to find this awareness. But it isn't difficult, and it isn't anything to obtain, to get. I don't have to spend any time meditating. I don't have to strip myself of all personal belongings and live under a tree. You're aware of the sound of my voice right now. You're aware of where your body is right now. Aware of what you see around you. You're already aware. You just don't realize that the being that is aware of the sound of my voice is that very same awareness that Neville is talking about. See, you're already it. No search needed. Nothing to do. You're already experiencing the contents of your consciousness. Look around you. Notice all of the things that are going on in your life. And you might think, well, that's the way it always goes. It always goes that way because that's what you're assuming to be true. So if I am pushing out into the physical plane what I am imagining, why not imagine differently? That's what I love about Neville, how simple he makes it. If you've read Neville, listen to his lectures, You know, he talks about imagining a scene that implies your wish is fulfilled. He didn't say you had to imagine a scene, that you had to sit down and construct a scene. He taught that as a way to notice how simple it is to change our lives and how we've been doing it all along. We're never not assuming, imagining. Do you have to construct a scene? No. You are already smack dab in the middle of an imaginal act that you call your daily life. You make little assumptions all day long based on previous assumptions about your body and your financial prospects, about life in general. Teachers for thousands of years have used different ways to describe who we are and what life really is. One of my favorites is that life is a dream. In a sleeping dream, 
All of the characters in our dreams are characters made from our own consciousness. They all seem so solid and real. And the characters in the dreams believe they are solid and real as well. And we can use all of our senses in our sleeping dreams too. I read somewhere that that's incorrect, that our mind only assembles these sensory experiences when we wake up and think about the dream, that it comes from the mind. Our mind takes these little flashes of symbols in our dream and pieces it together into a story and creates the sense of senses. It's only in the mind, this article said. I agree. It is in the mind. (laughs) Isn't that what happens when we're awake as well? Our mind interprets energy as colors, the voice of a loved one, the smell of bacon. Our body picks up the signals and it's our mind, which isn't the brain, that assembles these things into images, into experiences. There's nothing in what we call the real world that is experienced outside of our awareness of it. It is always an internal experience. You look up at the night sky and see the wonders of our galaxy, but it isn't separate from you. You're not experiencing it separate from you. Everything is a first-person present sense experience. These images, these things you call stars up there, are experienced within you. Psalm 18.12 says, The Lord is my rock. Rock is a symbol of strength and security. Said another way, Beingness is my rock. My awareness of being is my rock. My I amness is the source of my strength, my security. Deuteronomy 32.18 says, You have forgotten the rock who begot you. And the rock is the Lord. I am. I have forgotten that I am only experiencing what I am being within. I could always come up with reasons why I can't be the person I want to be. But I begin countering those reasons why I can't do what I want with a simple challenge. Who says? Who says I have to spend years rebuilding my credit score to become financially free? Who says I have to have a mortgage to own the house I love? Who says I can't be a loving husband and father? On and on. Every time I noticed those butts, these little devils whispering in my ear, telling me I'm not good enough or smart enough to have and be what I want, I challenged them with, who says? Well, I discovered, I say, I am the one who has been saying I cannot be successful. I am the one with a death grip on my past, dragging it along with me into my present moment. My I amness kills and makes alive. My awareness of being wounds and heals. My imagination forms the light and the darkness. I am the only one who can keep me from the life I want. I can be successful just as easily as I have been a failure. (laughs) None of this truly exists anyway. It's real, but it's still a dream. 
Just as the people, places, and things are solid and real in my sleeping dream, but they don't really exist. They don't stand up apart from my consciousness. It's the same way with what we call the real world. It seems so solid and real, but none of this stands up apart from awareness. The only reason changing my life seems so difficult is that I continue to hold on to the way things used to be. Have you noticed how most movies follow a certain formula, a pattern? Writers know that we like to be comfortable. We like the formula. We like it to be easy, routine. We know that a romantic comedy will end with the two getting together, even though it looked like they wouldn't about halfway through the movie. And we know that the hero in an action movie will be victorious in the end. I fell in love with police procedurals as a kid. Dragnet. Oh, yeah. It always starts with a crime, then the investigation, and then an arrest. I know it's going to start this way and end a certain way. In recent years, I've gotten bored with those types of shows. The names are changed. Maybe it's set in the past or the future, a small town or a big city. But there's a cookie-cutter feeling that I notice in many movies. The writers noticed what worked in the previous story, so they, they take that same formula and repopulate it with different people. But it's the same. Every now and then, I come across a movie that's different. It doesn't go the way of the formula. It breaks that mold. Ah, it's so refreshing, isn't it? It lights up my imagination. Ooh, this is good. This is different. Well, that's how I used to live my life. Find something that works, whether I like it or not. I'm comfortable with the pattern. Here's a situation in my life. Let me follow the formula and take that template from my past experiences and plop it down onto my present situation. This is the way it always works, so this is the way it must work now. I may not really like it, but at least I know how it's going to work out. I know how this template plays out in my life, so even if it's painful, I'm going to use it because that's what I'm used to. Until I started breaking those templates with a simple question, who says? Try it. Who says you have any flaws on your body or in your body? Who says you can't flourish in your career? Who says you have to work to be financially free and secure? Every time you notice a butt chasing your desire, stop and ask yourself, who says it has to be this way? A listener asked me for a step-by-step -step process for manifesting. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about that next time. I love you. I'm feeling twisty.